Welcome to the My Dumb Friends podcast. We have a very special greatest hits episode for you today because we have a very special episode that we're going to be recording live in New York City on June 2nd, 2015 at 8 o'clock at the Stand Comedy Club and Restaurant right there in Manhattan. And we would love for you to come out to the show. It's our 100th episode that we are recording live with special guests. Everyone's going to be there. Dan St. Germain, Sean Donnelly. uh, You might even see myself, your producer, and sometimes co-host Thomas Attila Lewis. We're going to be there. It's going to be a great time. So just do a, a Google search on The Stand Comedy Club and Restaurant. You'll find the site, and you can reserve your tickets in advance, which we highly recommend you do. So once again, that's going to be Tuesday, June 2nd, 2015, 8 o'clock at the Stand Comedy Club and Restaurant. We have this greatest hit, hits episode for you here where we're taking uh, some select snippets from uh, a selection of our first 10 podcasts way back when the podcast started in early 2013. Uh, and we really hope you enjoy this. This is kind of like our commercial for you guys to come out and see us do this live. So starting us off is Taylor Ketchum. Taylor Ketchum uh, on this Greatest Hits. And this is from episode three. Episode three, Taylor Ketchum. Here you go. Throw in the tail. No, I, I had a girlfriend in, in high school. Oh, this is I have I have something written down. It's just the most stupid. Wait, thing. Wait, what is girl related? It's involving it's involving the girlfriend that I had in high wait, school. Wait, what happened? Um, okay, so we I went to an all boys Catholic school. Yeah, in, in Lockyana, which is the nice part of town. Yeah, and they used to have this fundraiser where like you'd have to sell candy bars, but but it wasn't like it wasn't it was mandatory. So like everybody they gave you the candy bars. They were like you owe us fifty bucks. Now go sell the candy bars. <laughs> so everybody's parents, to make your money back. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's parents just ended up giving fifty dollars to the school and then having all these fucking candy bars. Nobody went door to door and sold them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, um, so every, all my friends just had this stockpile of candy bars. When I was seventeen, I got my girlfriend pregnant, <laughs> and um, she didn't want to tell her folks. And we were trying to figure out a way to get money. <laughs> 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 so, so my so my friend Jason goes, dude, let's sell the candy bars. We all have this stockpile of candy bars. So we went outside in front of this Catholic church that was in our neighborhood and the Trader Joe's that was right down the street and sold candy bars pretending that it was for the school and they paid for an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my for, god! For a Seventeen-year-old. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Outside a church. Yeah, yeah. and we sold. We sold. Uh, eventually, oh we couldn't. How much god. was it? Like three hundred bucks? Four hundred bucks? Yeah, it was like four hundred dollars. So eventually, we did. You we, sold four hundred dollars with a candy bar. No, we got to like one hundred and fifty. Uh, okay. Then she ended up. She couldn't stand like keeping this in, so she finally told her her mom. Yeah. Who then ended up paying for it. Then I spent the money that we sold all the candy bars on ecstasy. <laughs> so, it all comes back. So to yeah, ecstasy. yeah. It's, we, we sold them for the abortion and then ended up just going to a rave. Oh my and, god, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, did she, did she go to a rave after the abortion? 
yeah. Well, yeah, why not? She, uh, yeah, we ended up like we ended up dating for like another six months until finally like she dumped me and started dating somebody else, and then I went to then I went to. Then I went off to junior college. It'd be funny if you just went and paid for the abortion with the candy bars. Like they or with the, exes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> with the exes. I don't got any money, but uh, <laughs> here's, I got these here's gourmet 45 candy bars. bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're like the ones in the cardboard box. Can, you know? Yeah, the ones they that sell, just, they sell they the just subway. Say, all they say I, is chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah. I can spend a hundred grand on this abortion. <laughs> 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 yeah, I could give you cash, but wouldn't you rather a hundred grand? That was like a... And at the, t- at the time, my, my friend said that, and I was just like, <laughs> Dude, you're a genius. <laughs> like, fucking. But it like, worked. It got you 150 bucks. Yeah, but it was it, like it was kind of a. It kind of just turned after. Like at first we were we were dead set on this is going to be how we we fund this abortion. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually, we just it kind of turned into a joke. Now being like idiot high school kids, did you even see the irony? And oh, for sure. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We were like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. we weren't like you know I, even though I played football, I wasn't like. Uh, a to- I, I was a horrible student, but I wasn't like a, a total out of touch, like chest beating idiot. It was the fight. Well, that was Taylor Ketchum with his very interesting uh, financing of healthcare. Now we go on to a very funny story from Chris Gethard. And episode four of the My Dumb Friends podcast. Grew up, and I, I just love, I was like obsessed with pro wrestling. Me and my brother both obsessed. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah totally. All love about it. it. The only time I ever broke a bone in my life, I broke my shoulder wrestling with my brother on our front lawn. Yeah. And my mom didn't, it was on Super Bowl Sunday. My mom, she, you know, like such a, like, I grew up in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. My mom comes out, I'm screaming. She's like, what are you being a fucking baby for? I'm like, I broke my shoulder, I broke my shoulder. She's like, you did not. Get inside. <laughs> Go inside. It was like, not through the skin, but you could see. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah, see yeah. that it was broken. Yeah, like, I'm like, mom, it. look, it's broken. Yeah. It's broken. She's like, it is not. You're a baby. And then that night, we were watching the Super Bowl at a, a family friend's house. And me and my brother got in another fight. And I could only, I was just swinging with the right. And my parents were like, he can't swing with the left. He must really be hurt. And that's why they took me to the hospital. No joke. Later. Like nine, ten hours later, <laughs> they let me well, go. you were going to ruin their Super Bowl Sunday. I know. It, but, so obsessed with wrestling is my point. I'm sidetracked. So grew up, all I wanted to be was a pro wrestler, me and my brother both. But, like, we look like this. My brother's even nerdier than I am, you know? Yeah. So that, like, dream died. So freshman at Rutgers, and I get this phone call one day from this guy, Eddie. And Eddie grew up in our town. He grew up across town. He was like the other kid who loved wrestling. They were like me and my brother and a couple of our friends and then this other gang who like went to different schools, but we all knew them. Oh, like whenever we run into each other, we're like, we can exchange tapes. We can talk about this and that. This guy, Eddie, calls me up and he goes, um, did you hear that I took pro wrestling classes at Gino Caruso's wrestling school? And I was like, yeah, I heard that through the grapevine. He's like, I was really bad. I was really bad, but I made a bunch of connections. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I don't know. I hadn't talked to this guy in like a year or two. He goes, one of the connections I made was with an agoraphobic man named Carmine. It's like like he can't he does he yeah. can't he's scared to leave his house. He's like he's yeah. scared of everything. Like he can't even see sunlight. Yeah. Man. But he's got a lot of money. He loves wrestling. He owns his own pro wrestling league, and he just hired me to be the talent booker. He has me running as Stars and Stripes Championship Wrestling. <laughs> We're doing an event next weekend at Seton Hall University. 
Awesome. And um, he's like, I, I always thought you were funny. Like, I was in school plays with his sister and shit. Right. So he really doesn't even, he's like reaching for anybody. anybody. He has no idea that and, you have any, yeah. that you're really good at all. He has no, no idea. I mean, anybody. nothing. He goes, and yeah. I thought, he's like, I thought it would be funny if you came, if you wanted to be a manager in the league for one night. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. And this, like, flew my father. Anytime my, he wouldn't let my brother and I watch wrestling, we'd say, we want to be wrestling. He's like, it's dumb, it's bullshit, whatever. So, in my mind, I'm like, yes, I finally get to do it. I'll prove my father wrong, you know, all this shit. <laughs> and um, he's like, think of a character. I'll call you back tomorrow with Carmine on the line. Pitch your character to us. So, I had a top hat that I had worn to my junior prom. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Had that cane that I mentioned. My friend Andy, who lived across the hall, had this, like, uh, Hefner-style smoking jacket. So, I grabbed that, and my friend... Um, John, who lived down the hall, was another wrestling fan. He made this shirt, and he just wrote white magic across it. So they call back the next day, and it's this guy on the line, and Eddie's, like, doing most of the talking initially. He's like, yeah, Chris and Carmine, you're here, blah, blah, blah. And Carmine finally speaks up, and he's like, hey, it's uh, really nice to talk to you. Eddie's told me a lot about you. Like, he was, like, scared, creep, total creep. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I hope it works out. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie says, you're a funny guy, so uh, what's your character? And I was like, well, I thought of this thing. Uh, I want to be a pimp called White Magic, and I'll like, I'll act like I'm a pimp, and that like I'll insult everybody. I'll tell everybody that I'm like sleeping with their daughters, and I recruit their daughters to be my host. And Karma was like, "Yeah, he's uh, he told me what you look like. I didn't see how that could be funny. Like you're a little guy, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, I mean, at that point, I was 18. I, I yeah. must have weighed like 110 right, pounds, right, yeah. right. big glasses, ball haircut. And he's like, okay, okay, let's do some role playing. He's like, white magic. Why do you think you can come around these parts? And I'm like, white magic goes where he pleases, man. White magic has hoes and all the zip codes. And he starts saying like all this dumb pimp yeah. shit. And he's like, you think you can come here and insult our women? I'm like, white magic, he's going to sleep with your daughter, your wife, your sister, your daughter's daughter. Just started saying all this crazy shit and got them laughing a little bit. And he's like, all right, all right, you're hired. So just like that, over the fucking so phone, awesome. I got hired to be a manager in this wrestling league. So I would be man. I was told I'm going to manage this guy, Vicious Vin. It was his first match ever at a wrestling school. Eddie had met him in the wrestling school. Yeah, big guy, big, uh, like a very heavy guy, not yeah. muscular, heavy, like big heavy guy. And he was going to be wrestling this guy, Flash Wheeler, who was this <laughs> black guy, local wrestler, like had been around a lot. I'd seen him in at local yeah. shows and stuff, like experienced. So I was like, all right, sounds good. So show up the next weekend, Seton Hall University, which is like a town away from where I grew up. My brother goes, my girlfriend at the time goes, I think John, who made me the outfit, and his girlfriend went, like very few people there. And then Eddie, a few friends from home. And I go in the back, and it's like a shitty little local wrestling league, but this was like 98, 99, when wrestling was huge. Huge, So on the card, there's people there, dude. Like Marty Janetti from the Rockers was there. Oh, yeah. Skull Von Crush from ECW. Oh, Low wow. key. That's crazy. Um, the Iron Sheik and King Kong <laughs> Bundy. Man, Iron Sheik. Dude, King Iron Kong Sheik. Was there? Iron was Sheik showed up? up in those boots. Those crazy boots. <laughs> yeah. Was, was he all fucked up? Acting like a maniac. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Wait, know if what he's was he saying? Just as soon as he showed up, he didn't wrestle. He had these two hammers that he would swing. These Iranian <laughs> hammers, and he just showed up with them. And his hammers was like, rah, 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 like ranting and raving. King Kong Bundy was there. King Kong Bundy, I hear, is like a really. I met him once. He's a really nice guy. He was real quiet. He was like real, real. He's quiet. like a smart guy. And a funny yeah. Guy. So kind of like was in the corner. Nobody's talking to me. Get my outfit on. Meet Vicious Vin, and then Eddie calls us over. Me, Vin, and Flash Wheeler, and oh, he's this like, is "So much fun, man! Dude, this is like my dream." He goes, "So we're building this storyline where we need Vin to win." He's going to be part of this stable. And um, we need him to win his match, but it's the first match. Nobody's going to believe that he can beat Flash. Flash is in better shape. He's more experienced. So what we're thinking is, Chris, Flash will give you a signal, 
and you'll jump up on the ring apron and hit Flash with your cane. And I had not been expecting that. I was told, like, you come, you mess with the crowd, and, like, do that. So all of a sudden, I was like, I wanted to be a team player. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, uh, all right. And they were trying to convince me to, like, get moves done to me and stuff. And I was like, I really, come on, like, we didn't even talk about this. He's like, well, you at least hit him then. So Eddie walks away, and Flash turns around to me immediately, and he goes, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you're here. You haven't trained for this. You don't know what you're doing. If you hit me with that thing wrong and you hurt me, I'm going to fuck you up. Just like that. Holy shit. Out of nowhere. This big pro wrestler. Out of nowhere. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, he goes this is the signal. And just does this with his finger. And I was like, okay. And then he walks away. I'm like, that's it? Like, that's all we're so going to talk about. So how do you hit him? I didn't know. It was never discussed, dude. No joke. And maybe two minutes later. Assholes. Crazy, like, power play. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. Like, I get it. He's right. But also, then explain to me what you want. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, like, shitting my pants. I get pushed out there. Deer in headlights. All these people see me. But to my credit. So you're not doing your character? I mean, I walk out initially and I'm just like frozen. And then all these people see my outfit and just start booing me. And in my head, I just start laughing. I'm like, holy shit, it's working. And people are yelling at me. And I start strutting around, finding my confidence, yelling back. One guy yells at He's like, you fucking blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, man, why don't you shut up before I hit you in front of your daughters? And the whole crowd's like, oh. Another guy was like, another guy goes, uh, he's like, to be a pimp, don't you have to talk to a girl? And I was like, really? Don't make me come over there and slap those last two hairs off your bald ass head. And the crowd really did hate me. Like, between the outfit and the way I looked and that I was kind of quick with that. And that's the way wrestling fans, a lot of them are just dumb as shit. I'm not saying those are genius comebacks, but just the fact that they came instantly, the crowd was like, oh. Oh, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. liked messing and with the me. confidence behind yeah. it. Yeah. So the match starts and they all stop paying attention to me and it's going and it's terrible. Vicious Vin is like nervous, it's his first match. And I noticed every time he fucks up a move, Flash like starts really hitting him, like punishing him. He's got big fucking red handprints all over himself. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, this guy's serious. Like all yeah. I could think about was him saying he's gonna fuck me up if I mess up. So at one point Vin Irish whips him across the ropes, and as he comes back, he gives me the signal. And I look at him and he's Running, looking right at me, and I just completely freeze. I just completely, I'm looking at it, I just couldn't do it. So he runs away, he bounces off the ropes, goes all the way back across the ring, and then starts coming at me again, and I realize he has now sold it where it looks like one Irish whip from Vicious Vin now looks like it made him run three times in its entirety across the ring, and it's coming back, and I'm like, he's looking like an asshole, he's looking like an asshole, and now he's like really giving it to me. So I'm like, do it, 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 do it. Psyching myself up, I jump up on the edge of the ring with my cane, and I raise my cane to hit him, and he gets up to me, and I honestly hit him like, like, like that, like Tinkerbell, like, <laughs> like, 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 a tap, I, like, like a light I, tap, like I tapped him like a, like a baby tap, like an orchestra conductor starting the orchestra. <laughs> I was like tap, 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 and he just kind of rolled his eyes and then fell down. and was like ah, and like sold it, and the whole crowd just started like stop focusing on the match. It was like you fuck and suck, like <laughs> making fun of me, but not playful anymore. Like, Dang, like you just fucked up. People throwing shit at me. I fucked up so bad. He's rolling around like it really hurt him. For a second, I'm like, maybe they'll think it's like magic. Can't no, like, hate it <laughs> so bad. And uh, so then Vin pins him. The crowd's booing. They hate it. And I go to walk back, and I'm like trying to strut, but they're all like, "Fuck you!" Like <laughs> mocking me. And then I'm trying to make my way out, and everybody's yelling at me. And these kids who are like 13, 14 years old jump over the railing, and one of them grabs my top hat off my head. And whereas, like, <laughs> 10 minutes before I'd been, like, doing all these comebacks with the crowd, kid grabs my top hat, and in front of everybody, I just go, hey, I need that. And the whole <laughs> crowd starts booing. The kid jumps back into the crowd with my hat, and now it's, like, feeling like a riot around me. And I'd forgotten that because there was cheating 
a whole bunch of other wrestlers were going to come out and like fight Vin and fight this stable, and they're going to have these two teams square off. And I wound up right in the middle of it. And one of the guys grabs my arm, and he throws me as hard as he can back towards the dressing room. And definitely hard enough, like he was trying to be like, you fucked up this whole thing. Like the crowd, you lost the crowd bad, and it's your fault. He throws me. And the dressing room, I should mention, was not a separate room. They had set up these big, like, uh, you know, like floor-to-ceiling yeah. dividers that you yeah. rent? Yeah. And they hung these curtains between them. So he throws me as hard as he can, and I run into this thing face first, full speed, and it starts to tip. And it goes this way towards the dressing room, comes back out towards the crowd, and then tips and falls over, drags down all these curtains and all the other dividing walls, and standing behind it is uh, 85% naked King Kong Bundy. The wall that I knocked over came maybe two feet away from just crushing King Kong Bundy. And Bundy's standing there like, holding his fucking jump, and all the other wrestlers are like propping up the walls, and I just see King Kong Bundy's furious eyes staring at me as these curtains come back up front. I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. So somebody else pushes me back there, and I'm like completely shitting my pants. Everybody's yelling at me, and Skull Von Crush from ECW, if you remember him, whose gimmick was that he was a Nazi. That was his bit, that he was a Nazi. Comes up to me, he's like, you motherfucker, you fucked up. You almost killed Bundy. I'm like, I didn't kill Bundy, man. Like, what are you talking about? And then the next match had started, and almost, like, I set off a complete fiasco. It was low-key who wound up, I forget what his name was when he got to WWE, but he's really good. He wound up slicing his fucking head apart. Oh. He came back. He's bleeding everywhere. Skullbound Crush is yelling at me. So Bundy goes out for his match. And I'm like, fight. I mean, there's all these wrestlers yelling at me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the fucking fire alarm goes off. <laughs> and somebody's like, what happened? What happened? And one of the wrestlers is like, Bundy got body slammed. He's so fucking big. He must have shook the foundation. <laughs> he set off the fucking fire alarm. So all the wrestlers run over to look. And I was just like, fuck this. And grabbed all my shit. And I ran out the back door. There was an emergency exit. I just throw it open. And I start running towards my car. And my favorite part is that my brother, who me and him both grew up like yeah, picked on the same way and shit, he just instinctively knew. As I was halfway to the car, I saw a different emergency exit kick open. And he came running out, too, <laughs> with my top hat. With my top hat. We got it back. We got to the car. I was like, he's like, dude, what the fuck? What the? I was like, I don't know. That fucked him. He's like, he's horrible. He's like, he's horrible. You ruined the whole night. You ruined the whole night. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. And then I go, how'd you get my hat, top hat back? And we, we had been both sort of frantic. And, blah, blah, blah. and I go, how'd you get my hat back? And he stops and he goes, just, they were little kids, man. I just took it. I just like, took it. It was a bunch of little kids. We drove out of there. Oh, and I never, did you ever get a call from the promoter or anything? No, I never. I didn't talk to that kid, Eddie, again until this year. My book came out and he read that that story was in the book he and he laughing? contacted me. Yeah, he was laughing about it. Oh, but God. we didn't talk. That was Dude, that is, th- th- thank you so hilarious. much. That was awesome. That was oh, great. Thanks That's for having me. Well, thank you, Chris. And moving on to another Chris. Yes, we're doing back-to-back Chris's. This is Chris Stefano. Chris Stefano from Episode 8. Episode 8. So this would be in February of 2013. Chris came in and talked to Dan and Sean. told me about that threesome you had with like those two Spanish chicks. Oh my god, the fucking one of them. Your manager's gonna get mad about these sex stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. should we know something else? <laughs> no, no, no. Go um, ahead. I'm kidding. Just do it. Well, here's a dumb, here's a, uh, a 
a dumb situation that happened to me is um one of my cousins. I was out in Staten Island. My cousin Natalie. That's already the dumbest. Place that's the dumbest. In the universe. <laughs> yeah. So fucking at two o'clock in the morning when my dad's cul-de-sac, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and um and he uh and and my cousin says I'll give you I'll give you twenty five dollars, which I thought was an insane amount of money to just dress up like a girl. So. I dress up like a girl, right? You know, lipstick, high heel shoes, you know, skirt, thong, you tampon, the, everything. The I just I went to yeah, I went to the whole the thing. whole nine, the whole yeah. nine. And um, you must be a horrible looking woman. I don't I, think he I is. I great. bet you he's a good looking guy, woman. He, I didn't look great. I had so? nice I looking guy. I don't think he'd be a good looking. I had a nice yeah. looking. Um, I had good. I had all right legs. Um, so I'm walking around my dad's cul-de-sac at like two o'clock in the morning, dressed like a girl, right? And uh, my cousin's, you know, taping it or whatever. My dad's walking his little Wait, dog. Wait, how old are you at this point? Uh, like seventeen. Okay, okay. So my dad's walking his dog at like two o'clock in the morning in the cul-de-sac, oh and um, starts like hitting on me, because he didn't know that it was me. <laughs> Because he didn't know that it was me at all. No. I swear. Shut Starts up. hitting on me because he's I like, he's walking down. He goes, oh, nice legs, nice ass. Look at that shake. <laughs> no, Looks no. amazing. What's up, toots? You know, like he says the word toots. No. Yeah. So he said, toots, no. what's up, toots? And then I turn around and he sees that it's me and he goes, Christopher? What the fuck? And starts cursing and throws a swing at me because Whoa. he's like, because he was he like, he didn't know how to deal with the emotions. Deal with yeah. So I took off my fucking high heel shoe and tried to start like beating him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do like a guy thing. I started like <laughs> fighting him like a woman with my clothes. Take your purse and just put it in your pants. And so what the crazy part is is yes. my cousin got really nervous when she saw him and I fighting and called the police. So the police <laughs> show up literally <laughs> a minute later and see me with a bloody lip in a mini skirt with a thong on. <laughs> and my dad, you know, <laughs> holding his dog because the dog started crying and petting his dog. And the officer comes up to us like, what's the situation here? And he's like, well, this is my son. <laughs> and so I was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, my dad was hitting on me. And I got really offended. <laughs> and the officer was like. All right, you guys just need to figure this out <laughs> on your own. He said, I'm going to forget that this ever happened. Robert just takes his badge out and gives it to you guys. Yeah, he's like, guys. transcends law and order. He took a minute to process. He was like, guys, just, just everybody go home. I'm going to wait here until everyone gets, goes home. He's saying, just figure this shit out, okay? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> figure this shit out. Yeah. I don't, he's like, I don't have a thing for that. I can't arrest you for anything. Yeah, was, I was like, what are you going to arrest? And my dad, because he asked, he asked me, he was like, well, do you want to press charges? like, no, it's my dad. <laughs> he said, ma'am, would you like to press charges? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then my dad was just you know, calling me every name in the book. But that was probably like a really dumb thing I did. How did you guys get over it? Um, how do we get... I mean, my dad didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks, you know, but just oh because God. he was like... But I, you have a dad, like you said, your dad's like a right, rough right, guy. But, dad, now, but now we just laugh at telling me like... Uh... All right, now we're moving on to this snippet from episode six and the great Michael Lawrence... The great Michael Lawrence tells us something deeply personal. Yeah, well, you know, tell us about the famous one, the time uh, where you got molested. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, I got. I, Which I don't think this is technically considered molestation. No, me and me and Mike, he got, got groped. groped. But, you know, and I say molested on stage because it's just a more powerful word. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it was funny because then Andy Haynes went up and actually got molested. When he, <laughs> and he got up and was like, hey, that's not really being molested. And, and open mic became even sadder than it usually <laughs> did. <laughs> 
<laughs> when you get your molest cred called out, you know. <laughs> yeah. This guy thinks he was molested. He wasn't molested. Yeah, it's like it's weird. It's almost, when, it's almost like you got served, but with molesting. It's weird when someone tells you you, you weren't molested and it's not a lawyer. Yeah. That's always like, yeah. it's like, bizarre. It was like his his molestation dance crew just served your molestation dance. Crew. Yeah. Yeah. For a plate of nachos, I settled and uh, said I was not molested. Uh, yeah. No. So what happened? It was this. It was this. It was a coworker. He was new to town. And he asked me, "Hey, buddy, I'm new to town. <laughs> I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm hitting up all these McDonald's and trying to fuck everybody. I just, I just came here from Palookaville. Population us. Um, no, so yeah, he was like, oh, can you show me uh, around uh, on the on the bus system and all of that? And I was like, yeah, sure. Oh, that's always like a good pickup line. Yeah. Hey, baby, so, want to show me around <laughs> on, the, on the local bus system? So." Uh, you know we're on the we're on the bus and he starts just like hitting on me hard and it like on the oh, bus, the, which is like the worst, saddest yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but no one can hear you scream because they're <laughs> too busy bitching about their DUI. <laughs> so, besides a Planned Parenthood, that's the worst place to get somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, Planned Parenthood, you know, you just stay there longer. Hey, you know? hey, hey! You know they're sluts. Yeah, you know, right? you know they're sluts. You get Melissa at a Planned Parenthood. You're like, can you just pull out a cot for the night. <laughs> you're gonna need me in the morning. Um, so you're on the bus. So yeah, and yeah, he's like, oh, the things I would do to you, your white dick, and he's like, <laughs> oh you ain't never had black dick like mine. And then I said, I was like, and I did have a girlfriend at the time, and I thought that this would dissuade. I'm like, I, I have a girlfriend. He's like, oh, he's like oh, that ain't gonna stop me. Yeah. You know, he's like, she's. He goes, bitch could watch. You know, oh my <laughs> oh, god, yeah. And and so what ends up happening is, um, I don't know what the and you're fuck like what 18 at this point. I, I think I think I was 19 or 20. I, I I'm trying the timeline is because I was there for so long. I want to I want to say I was 20, 21 maybe. Yeah. Um and um is I broke up with my girlfriend in 2005 and I think this happened around 04 or 03. So um so he runs into these two other guys on the bus. These like you know, like really gay guys that then they go to bathhouses together and whatever, and <laughs> we end up going. Town. He was new in town. He How can you gay. afford a bathhouse if you work at McDonald's? How does that what even do you work? Think it's a thousand dollars? I don't know. Twenty bucks. He just doesn't pay child support. That's yeah. how. Yeah. <laughs> no, he had kids and he didn't pay child support. Um, but that's McDonald's. Um, but he, uh, no, he'd been there for like you know two weeks, and so he'd already met them. And or I mean, who knows? He could have been the whole thing could have been lying. Um, but then we end up all going to TGI Fridays, <laughs> and it's so fucking uncomfortable. The and wooing continues. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to the bathroom, and he's like, oh, why are you so bad? And he keeps talking. And then I just, he ends up going to the bathroom, and I left. Yeah. I took the bus home. Logical. It's like, I got to get the fuck out, you know. And uh, the next morning, um, you know, we have the same fucking shift together. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the freezer, and he's like, you know, he's like, you, I know you left me, and he was like all pissed and stuff. And he's like, don't think, he's like, don't think you can get away from me. And he grabbed my dick, and that's and that was. And then what you did you do after that? Did you just freeze? I mean, you know, it was so fucking uncomfortable. Did yeah, you, did you, bu- you didn't just book out of the room. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was in You're the in freezer. freezer. Shirt. So how yeah. are you supposed to get out of oh there? Right? Oh, so he was yeah. like, had you cornered pretty much. Yeah. That's, that oh is, my and god. And that like disgusting. tight fucking McDonald's freezer. Yeah. And um, we all know, in right? my uniform, which I, I mean, I, I know I have the joke about it, but it's <laughs> in my uniform. Getting getting your dick grabbed in a purple shirt. Like, there's no <laughs> there's no humanity in that fucking. No. You're like a sexy grimace. That's really funny. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's closest I felt to being my Angelou. Um, <laughs> so. Um. What? So what? You know what ends up? Happening. I know why my cage pussy talks. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounded more like grimace than my Angela. <laughs> Both Grim- <laughs> My uh, grimace. She robble robbled my innocence. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's working. You're working a lot of pussies into this show. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's yeah, too yeah. many pussies. There's been yeah, two yeah. or three pussies. I know. Yeah. Yeah, although uh, Maya's Angelou's Pussy Cancer is playing a show at Cake Shop tonight. If you want to <laughs> see them. Uh, that's my favorite band. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I guess uh, this one four white African-American studies majors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, af- so after he had you cornered, how so, did you get out of there? You just let him touch your dick? Yeah. And, you know, it was like so fucking uncomfortable. Oof. And and so what ends up what ends up happening is I just fucking, I, you know, I told... The manager about it, and uh, <laughs> he's like, "I know he did it to me too." No, <laughs> no. So what? But it was because we were both fired? on the morning shift. No, they just put him on night shift. <laughs> you switched the shift. But what? At first, at first, because I had said that uh, you know I was openly bisexual at the, at the time. And so their first response was, the well, gays you probably kicked him out since then. <laughs> no, but they're like, yeah. yeah. They're like, well, yeah, after the third Marvel shirt with a hole yeah, in it. Yeah, they're like, all yeah. right, you can t- <laughs> yeah. go back to the straight side. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they were like, so you probably liked it, right? He, this is when I complained that? to my manager. Yeah, they're like, wow. so, yeah, you know, isn't that what you want? And I was like, no, no, it's <laughs> harassment. And, um, and so they put him on night shift, and then he ended up leaving like two or three weeks later. So, he, wow. So it was almost, he was almost like, not like a, he was like the, the shittiest guardian angel ever. Yeah, yeah. he was he, he was my Della Reese. Yeah. <laughs> he just came there to grope a few white dudes but, and leave. You know, speaking <laughs> of like weird uh, weird sexual <laughs> stuff with Mike, Bugger um, Vance, <laughs> <laughs> Bugger. <laughs> Well, going from that potentially criminal and most definitely embarrassing moment, we go on to a description of a night of debauchery provided to us by Kurt Metzger from Episode 7. So you said you had a bunch of dumb shit, right? Yeah, all the time. To talk about like what's the uh, what's the dumbest thing that's happening on the road so far? <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yeah, <laughs> just too right. many. I don't even, yeah, that you've done, I guess. Or your favorite? One time one of your I was favorites. in. Uh, do you know t- um, Tim Crumpier? This comic. Tim I know Crumpier? Tim. I know Tim. So uh, this is how I first met him. We were going to Ottawa to do some uh, the, uh, absolute. Like there was an animation festival, and and like as we're, we were working on this for this cartoon company that uh, Buddy Bolton worked for, and uh, so we we're doing the club. And uh, I was doing, like, coke all the time when yeah. I went there. And so I'm going to Canada. And uh, they, they were like, you know, it's so easy to kill in Canada. It's the fucking greatest. It's like, great. Yeah. yeah, you're like a superhero. They, they're fucking Canadian, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, all the good ones move here. Like, all, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. only a couple dudes that are like, I, I don't know why they don't move, but they just like being in Canada or something. Yeah, and they yeah, go to yeah. England. They don't they're stay like a there. superhero. Yeah, so, so like, so everybody's like, like down to fucking hook you up or whatever. So I'm like, hey, I want to get some blow. Like, because I was drunk out of my mind. 
and uh, me and Tim were sharing this uh, penthouse. And by the way, the, the Canadian socialist concept of a penthouse <laughs> room is just fucking depressing. Like, <laughs> this is my share of the space. Like this podcast. It's like you an Econo Lodge. Like yeah, this is just like, oh, you guys are cute. So fucking, uh, <laughs> so I want Coke. So the employees are like, yeah, we'll get you some Coke. So they go and get me, they get me Coke, right? And I'm like, That's all right, let's go. We can go back to the penthouse <laughs> and uh, do this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't do Coke. We're just, they were just being nice and getting me Coke. <laughs> and I'm like, so I just got coked by myself. Like, <laughs> it was like really depressing. And, and all of a sudden, dude. Wait, I'm, so they just got they're you They're just nice. They're Canadian. So they're just nice. nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then this, this dude they, comes out of nowhere and goes. what they did. They put themselves <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a drug deal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. you. It's amazing. What, <laughs> those people will bend over backwards. <laughs> so fucking. This guy I barely know. Let me get myself arrested for this guy. <laughs> dude, this guy comes. Like, as I'm saying that, like, oh, no, it does coke. Some guy goes, like, I'll do coke with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was like, he just like loomed in and he looked like, he kind of looked like Aaron Berg. It wasn't Aaron Berg, but you know that comic Aaron Berg from uh, Canada? Uh, no, kinda, no. He used to be a stripper up there, but he's like kind of like, he's like, he's like a stocky looking. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he looks yeah. like, this guy kind of looked like him, but really heavier Canadian accent. And he, uh, <laughs> he was like a f- Canadian football player. He played like, you know, whatever, like CFL. What are they? Yeah, yeah Canadian Football League, whatever. Yeah, I guess Canadian football is like the stadium's much longer, so it's like a lot more running and shit. Like, but they're smaller men. Yeah, or some shit. Because <laughs> he was small. He didn't look like a fo- he just yeah. looked like a built guy. But he like, oh, tiny. so I'm like, all right, he's from Toronto. So, so we end up going back. It's just me and this dude now yeah. in my fucking penthouse. So we're snorting his coke, this horrible coke. I mean, how good can <laughs> It's got Canadian Canadian coke coke by the time it's gotten that far north, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just with the Levana seal and shit, I just put up my nose. So he goes, let's get some whores, eh? I'm like, yeah. That's like the yeah. number one dumb coke idea on the road. Is this, yeah, because you can't even get finish a, on Yeah, coke, let's get a whore know? and try to mash my soft, pathetic dick into, into this whore. Start talking to her about how much my dad means to me. Coke sucks, dude. It yeah. really does. So, so, uh, so I'm like, yeah. Cause, and it's also kind of cheap. It's like $125 for like... Some girls from Montreal to come over, so I'm like, that sounds great, right? Yeah, that's pretty it's a deal. Cheap. So Tim, so and it was pretty late now by this time, and uh, and so and Tim was back. He was just in his room, and we didn't know each other really. He just knew we were like doing coke. He was like, ah, uh-huh, he just went in his room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Some and, uh, CFL player, but he's hearing all this yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, he's in his room in the fetal position, just yeah. like yeah. So he so uh, it's like three in the morning. So I go down to Buddy Bolton's room. Cause he I'm, he had like Cialis or something I remember like road Cialis yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I was like knocking on his door he's asleep I'm like dude I always wear whores I need some I need one of those Cialises <laughs> and he's like oh like <laughs> so he gives me a, he's disgusted so like, I eat it and I'm like all right cool whores are coming so we're sitting there and then they show up and there's two they're both pretty one was like kind of kind of chubbier but not I don't even want to say chubby it's like sounds even too fat but the yeah. other one was like had like really like fit like kind of tattooy looking yeah, dark skin so he jumped on that one, ah. but the other one was was fine. Like, yeah. I was like it's horrors. I'm on coke. Like I mean, on Good coke, shit. on coke, I've gone for much much worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a greater expense. So, <laughs> so she comes. So, uh, so I got the most worthless. This shit hasn't kicked in. Like they got there like right after I got that Cialis, dude. So, so fucking. <laughs> 
I'm sitting there like trying to get this limp coke dick up. <laughs> Meanwhile, this football player dude is like, he's like doing push-ups on this girl. Like, he's on the floor. He's just like straight up long dick in her. And so the girl's like pulling on my soft dick. And, like, and she's like, and I'm like, right, maybe like my nipple. I'm like, it's like a before and after of Cialis. I yeah. both, I offered both the horse coke too. And like, oh no. They're <laughs> like, we'll go get it for you, but. Oh, oh Canada. So fucking, uh. So he goes, we're going to go in the other room. And I'm like, I don't know. I think Tim's in there. He's like, no, nah, it's cool. I'm like, I, all, right, all right, go for it, I guess. <laughs> so Tim told me this guy just comes in with a whore while he's in his room. Oh, my God. And, and uh, I was like, hey, we're going to fuck on the end of the bed, eh? <laughs> and Tim's like, no, you're not. Get the fuck out of my room. <laughs> so now, and by the way, Tim told me he was like watching through a crack in the door. <laughs> the whole, the this whole girl case. just trying to pull my earthworm dick out of the fucking. <laughs> just bad. So, dude. She's sitting here just like jerking my my. It was just pathetic, dude. And I just went like a soft dick cum. Oh. Like a, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, Ugh, here's one hundred twenty five dollars. And then on the way, I was like, that shit will kill you, eh? <laughs> Coke, yeah. She gave me a one to grow on. After. Yeah, yeah. She gave you the more you know at the end of yeah, the whole thing. Did you so, end up getting up like an hour later or something? So, so now the girls are gone. I'm hanging out with this dude. Also, my dick gets crazy hard. Right? <laughs> and, um, and also, it occurs to me, I've just been doing lines of coke like all night, and then I took a fucking heart. Like, that just makes your heart explode yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah. It didn't even dawn on me until just now I have a hard dick and, with this dude, and I feel like I'm having a heart attack. So this guy had to sit and talk me down for another half hour after oh. that. Me, I'm sitting here freaking out with an erection. Uh, is he okay, bro? And I'm like, and then he left. Okay? Hey. Dude, it was fucking. Uh, that is a nightmare. I, I was like the most shit. Like, I just felt Coke's like shit. the worst. Yeah, it's the it's worst. It's like dude. the best, but it's the worst. It was the greatest fight. Uh, thank you, Kurt Metzger, for that uh, debaucherous tale of, of, a, of a night in Canada that many of us can only dream about. So thank you, Kurt. We'll be, we will be finishing this episode, this Greatest Hits episode, with the beautiful and hilarious Nikki Glazer, all the way back to episode number two from January 2013. Do you have like something like that you've done? Like, what's the worst hookup that you've had? Where you're like, why the fuck did okay, I do that? Okay, I got one. Um, uh-huh. I was, I was, te- I was in LA and I was teaching. Uh, I was a teacher. I was an English teacher for like mm-hmm. these Korean students. And I, that's, my sister's doing that in Vietnam now. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was. Uh, I got done with work. It was like during the day. I had been. I had really liked this one guy who was like in a. He's a comedian and a writer, but at the time he was in like this sketch group with another guy who I also was interested in. And I was like kind of playing them both, but Does they didn't know about it. rhyme with Joe Piscopo? <laughs> no? Okay, sorry, keep going. That joke's not going to get old. No, I like it. And you're going to like hit it right on the head one time. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Like, yeah. Really weird. Um, and so they, I was like kind of playing them both and I didn't, they were best friends, but they didn't really know. And I was like, fuck them because they were, they were just like assholes. And then they got together and then they asked me to have a, threesome and I was like but I like them both individually I was like I don't want that at all so I was like I'll just tell them no and say I want nothing to do with and then fuck them both on the same day like and like won't tell them about, I don't know why that was like gonna get back at them but for some reason like to me that was like yeah that, 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 that well, yeah that got back at them by them high fiving the next day I know. That, that's, oh what revenge that's oh. yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't the same day but it was so it was so bad the first guy 
and I went over his place like during the and part of me does it's it's a dumb thing that I did but I don't regret it because it's like so funny, and we, we I I went over there and we he like. We were having sex, but not even. He just was inside me, like laying on top of me. Oh, that's my move. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he was just like, "Don't move, don't move, don't move." I call that the Terry Shiva. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Come on! This is ninety nine. Here you go. You got some Edo jokes coming up. You can, you can bring right. it back. All right, all right. And <laughs> he just wouldn't let me move. He said, "If I," he was like, "I'll come if you move." And so he just like wiggled on top of me, and then he he ran in the bathroom. <laughs> And then uh, this is dumb for this guy. Yeah, we should have him here. Right. Yeah, I know. So then I, I was like, "What are you doing?" And I went in there, and he was like, "And I, 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 <laughs> I just can't believe I'm saying this." I jerked him off into the toilet, like behind uh. him. <laughs> 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 so, I was, I was like, that's Why? like the opposite of Fifty Shades of Grey. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that is the opposite of that. I was behind him, like that's I was like showing procedure. him a oh, new. Oh, it was like your grandpa or something. Golf move. Was, oh, yeah, like my God. right behind. Him. And then uh, I remember, I remember being like, "Why are you doing this?" And then I, I caught myself in the mirror and I like winked at myself, like <laughs> like we were in on it or something. And then, and then he came, and then I left, and I remember skipping out of his house because I was, I felt so empowered by it. I don't that's know, so even though weird. it's the least empowering. That's thing like ever. the end of an indie movie. That entire yes, like, yeah, yeah. it was, and I. I felt like alive. Yeah, and I was just like, and I like laughed at myself in the mirror. I feel like there's a strange power when a woman gives a hand job and it works. Yeah, absolutely. Why is that, you think? Because we hear so much that you guys do it better and you guys do do it better and you, and just for us to like master that or like. My dad does it the best. That's really funny. You should write that down. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Get a new ten minutes. Uh, that's so funny. But yeah, I I don't. I guess there is something. I don't know. That was pretty dumb. That was. I don't know. That it was, was dumb. dumb. It was just interesting. Dumb. I don't it's think that was. The, See, and did you I fuck the other guy that night? Um, I yeah, I, I fucked the other guy a lot, uh, many times, and I would he would always convince. That was dumb because he would always convince me that he liked me, and then the second he would come, it would be like I didn't exist. <laughs> And he would yeah. go and get himself water and be like chugging it in front of me. And I'd be like, can I have any? He's like, oh, I'm done. And like wouldn't go get me. Well, that's it. That is our first volume of greatest hits from the My Dumb Friends podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, we, again, put this together because we have a very special show for you on Tuesday, June 2nd, 2015 at the Stand Comedy Club and Restaurant. It is the 100th episode of the My Dumb Friends podcast being recorded live with an audience. We would love it if you would be there. We've got uh, an amazing selection of guests to come on the show and uh, uh, we'd love to have you there in the audience. So again, that's Tuesday, June 2nd. 2015 at the Stand Comedy Club and Restaurant in Manhattan. Of course, you can uh, follow up and see what else our hosts are doing. Dan St. Germain, uh, you can see his information and, and show schedule at danstgermain.net and seandonnellycomedy.com for Sean Donnelly. But again, June 2nd, Tuesday, June 2nd, Tell your friends, if you're not in New York, tell your friends that you know that are there to, to go see our show at the Stand Comedy Club, 8 p.m., the 100th episode, recorded live. It was the greatest fight.
The My Dumb Friends Podcast is part of the All Things Comedy Network. For other cool comedy podcasts, go to allthingscomedy.com. Our opening and closing song is called Mary the Boxer by Phil Pickens. You can find out more about Phil at philpickens.com. Throw in the towel, you made us real proud tonight. Just said, No, Father, I know when I've been beat, and I still have another round left in me. So lift me up, lift me up, lift me up.